This is Kenny Green, the lead pastor of City Light Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith as we dive into the life-changing, life-giving Word of God. I hope you enjoy this message. I want to welcome everyone to City Light Church, and I want to welcome all of our churches, our Mont Eagle campus, our rowdy Mont Eagle campus. They're probably ripping the roof off of the church right now, worshiping, praising God. Chattanooga campus, can we get loud for Jesus real quick? Come on. If God's been good to you, can you give him a praise? All of those that are going to be watching online today, we, we love you. We thank you that you're here with us today. We really do believe that God has a specific word a special word that's going to bring some life change to so many people. And we're just so glad that you're here with us today. As we dive in, think about this, week five of our series, Be the Light, Live the Mission. This is like the never-ending series, amen. It just keeps going on and on and on. But I do have to say that next week, this series will be coming to a close. Everybody shout, oh, you know, we're we're sad about that, but next week will be the final installment to the series, so make sure uh, that you're here next week. We've saved the best for last, but today uh, we're talking about another mission value. You know, we've been talking about the mission and the vision of City Light Church, and we've been talking about how God has called us to go out and be the light and live the mission. God wants us living on mission every second of every day, making a difference for the glory of God. And we've talked about a lot of different stuff, far too much for me to recap today. Go check them out online and get up to date on all those different types of messages from this series. But today we're going to talk about another value uh, of our church, and that is that we believe that we're better together. We're better together. How many of you know? How many of you believe that? How many of you have seen the power of togetherness in your life, that, that we're better together, that that, that your relationship with Jesus Christ was never intended for you to experience Jesus all by yourself. But, but God, he wants us to experience a relationship with him uh, in, in shared relationships with other people. In the context of, of relationships, God wants us to experience all that he has for us, not just on an island by ourselves, but with other people as well, being connected to other believers, other sons and daughters of God. And so we're going to talk about the power of community today and the power of togetherness. And today, we're going to be challenged to get connected to some other people. You've got to get this in your spirit. You've got to be able to take that jump and, and take that big step. And, and the greatest way for you to get that connection with some like-minded believers is to get connected to one of our small groups. We're launching several groups this week. And, and listen, there's even opportunity for you to even still start a group if you want to lead a group and you're like, I just got to do this. I know God's been calling me to do this. I'm ready to step into my calling. I'm, I'm ready to step out of my comfort zone. There's still opportunity for you to do that. But we want to encourage you. We want to push you a little bit today uh, to get connected with a group of people because I promise you it will change your life. How many people have seen the life change in your life because you got connected to a community of believers that loved you and lifted you up and prayed for you and encouraged you? And so we could pass the mic around today and we could, we could share story after story about how a small group made the difference, that a friend made the difference in their lives. So here's a, a key thought for today, and it's going to really drive the rest of this message today. If you don't get anything else, I pray... I pray that you get this. You can write this down if you're taking notes. The quality of your life, 
Think about this. The quality of your life is determined by the quality of your friends. Get that in here. Just think about that for a second. The quality of your life. As you look at your life, you're like, you know what? I don't really like where my life is at right now. I feel like my life is missing a lot. I really don't feel like, you know, my life is all that God is destined for my life to be. You understand the quality of your life is always determined by the quality of the relationships in, in your life. That, that your friends and your relationships with others actually determine the direction and the destiny of your life. In fact, this is another big thought. Think, think about this. If you show me your friends right now, I can show you what your future looks like. Show me your friends. Young people, teenagers, listen. Show me your friends today and I can actually show you what your future is going to be like. Whoever you're connected to today, whatever you're connected to right now, will eventually change who you become in your life. Why do, why do we think that? Why do we say that? Well, Scripture is very clear in Proverbs thirteen twenty. Key verse for today. It says this, walk with the wise and become wise. Anybody want to become wise today? If you want to become wise, you got to get connected with some other people that got wisdom in their life. Walk with the wise and become wise. Why? For a companion of fools suffers harm. How many of you know if you want to get to the right place, you got to get connected to the right people? Amen. And so I want to get connected to wise people. I don't want to get connected to a bunch of fools and just lead me to the wrong place in my life. According to Solomon, who, by the way, is noticed and recognized, acknowledged as the wisest man who has ever lived outside of Jesus. He's telling you, he's telling me that your friends matter. He's telling you, he's telling me that your connections in your life matter. They, they correlate to your destiny and your future. And here's why uh, relationships and community is, is a real problem today. And here's why it's a real challenge today. Technology and social media is changing how we define friendships. It's changing how we view relationships. It's changing how we view community. How many of you know that just because you have 5,000 friends on Facebook or because you got 6,000 followers on the gram or because you got a viral TikTok video, how many of you know that all those people that heart your stuff and like it and share it, that they're not really your friends, right? Some of them might be, but a lot of them, hey, a lot of them, you'll never meet your entire life, right? You can't really say that it's a relationship, that it's really a community. And so I'm not talking about someone who, who shares something. I'm not talking about someone who sends you a, a friend request. I'm not, I'm not talking about someone that stalks you on social media. Come on, somebody. They're out there. Y'all know that, right? I'm not, I'm not talking about those types of relationships and, and friendships. I'm talking about face-to-face community. I'm talking about in-person relationship. I'm talking about the type of relationship that Jesus had with his disciples. I'm talking about that one-on-one community with a group of people face-to-face, not looking at the back of each other's heads on a Sunday morning, but we're in a circle looking at each other, praying for each other, encouraging each other, and lifting each other up so that we can become everything that God has called us to become. Because the reality is, a lot of people are starving relationally. If we were really honest today, we're, we're starving for some of these relationships that of people that can love us and care for us and and pick us up and push us forward and catapult us into our destiny. A lot of people would say, hey, you know what? I feel like I'm struggling in the context of relationships. Here's why. We've exchanged text messages for phone calls. In fact, uh, psychologists, they've got this new... Uh, phobia that they've like diagnosed people with it. Check this out. See if, see if y'all can relate to this. It's the phobia of answering the phone. Like 
having like an actual like phone call with somebody. Like anybody just like, you know what, just like text me. Anybody, any texters in the house today? Anybody? You're like, no, not me because uh, you're, I know where you're going with this. You're setting me up. I don't want to be like, but can we just be honest? How many of us would just rather have a short text than a 30-minute phone call? Can we just be, there we go. It's okay to be honest today. Uh, how many of you would like, don't text me, call me. I'm tired of texting. Come on. You know, like, it just kind of, you just kind of see where you fall on that. But, but here's the thing today. If we're not careful, we'll settle for text message relationships. We'll settle for DM box relationships and, and never have that in-person connection. And so as a result, we're struggling to connect with people. The generation that's coming after us are really struggling to experience relationships the way that God intended it. Uh, many people are settling for social media connections. And one of the reasons being is because we're so busy in our lives. It's, it's like a short, quick fix to relationships. And there's nothing wrong with having Facebook. There's nothing wrong with having the gram and TikTok and doing all, all that stuff and staying connected with people that way. Uh, but the reality is you could have thousands of friends on social media and thousands of followers on social media and still be left with the feeling on the inside that there's something missing, that there's something more. That God certainly must have something better in store for me. Many of us are longing for something greater. You know something's not right. You know that there's more out there relationally for you than what you're experiencing. And that God has something more in store for you and relationships. The reality is a lot of people are starving relationally and actually may not even realize it. Sociologists, they, they talk about these three different types of poverty. They They talk about uh, material poverty, right? It's material poverty. A lot of times when we think of people that have poverty in their life, we're talking about how they live uh, below the poverty line financially and materialistically. And and there are people all across our state and city that are struggling right now with material poverty. There's a a demographic, demographic of people that are experiencing material poverty. That's not the only poverty that people experience. They also talk about a spiritual poverty, right? So meaning that you could have everything materialistically that you could ever want in your entire life, but still be bankrupt spiritually and still feel empty and miserable on the inside. It's called spiritual poverty. And the one that a lot of people don't realize that they have, and the one that a lot of people don't really talk about is this thing called relational poverty, relational poverty. That we're literally starving for relationships and connections with other people that, that we can have people all around and have everything that we've ever wanted and, and even be very connected via social media. Uh, yet inwardly we're starving for connection. We're, we're starving with intimacy and, and more depth of community through relationships. And, and for many of us, if, if we were to examine our lives, we would just have to get honest today and say, I'm not really feeling fulfilled in my life. Some of you would have to say, you know, there seems like there's something missing. There's something missing. And if you've ever thought that there's something missing, maybe you're here today and there's just something missing in my life. And what I want to suggest to you today, maybe it's not something that is missing, but maybe it's someone that is missing in your life. Maybe it's not a thing. Hey, think about this. Maybe it's not a thing that God wants to give you to take your relationship with him to the next level. Maybe he wants to send someone into your life to take your relationship with God to the next level. A lot of us, it's not a thing that we're missing. It's a person that we're missing in our lives. So what I want to do today, I want to give you another major thought. Just take these notes down, write these down. I pray that it just lands 
and your spirit. And just think about this. You may be one friend away from changing the course of your destiny. Think about that for a second, church. You may be one person away, one relationship away, one connection away from changing the entire trajectory of your life. Some of you know what I'm talking about. There was someone that came into your life that made the difference in your life. There was someone that came into your life that God used to take your relationship with him to the next level. Some of you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We see that to be true in our lives and those that we're connected to and those that we love. That somebody came into your life and said, you know what? I'm not going to let you stay stuck anymore. I'm going to push you to the next level. I'm going to encourage you to go to the next level. I'm going to challenge you to go to the next level. I'm going to inspire you to go to the next level. I'm not going to be the one that that makes you feel good about being miserable with yourself. I'm actually going to come alongside you and I'm going to carry you to the next level in your life. Anybody got a friend like that? That loved you enough to push you forward to, to the next level. In Scripture, we see those that that made the biggest difference. We see that they were connected to the right people. They had the right people around them, and it led to them leading leading them to the right place in their destiny in their life. We see this to be true in Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, we see the Apostle Paul, think about this, giving his life to Christ. Dramatic transformation on the road to Damascus. And, And you have to understand that he had this crazy, crazy transformation such a big change in his life and the day that he said yes to jesus all of his friends that he had all of his pharisaical friends all of his friends were pharisees and were devout jews he lost every one of those friends the day he said yes to jesus how many of you lost some friends when you started following jesus right i can remember my friend list it got really short the day that i said yes to jesus i had to cut some people out of my life Paul has no friends. He's literally lost every single one of his friends in one day. So he doesn't have anybody that he was connected to that he could really lean on and be there for him. And think about this. None of the Christians wanted anything to do with them because just a few days ago, Paul, you were killing us. You were persecuting us. You you were imprisoning us. And so can you get this picture in your head? This is a new believer. He just said yes to Jesus, and he has no friendships in his life. In fact, when you read Acts chapter 9, he's, he's trying to get connected to some of the other Christians, and, and nobody really wanted anything to do with them because they didn't trust him yet. It says in verse 26, it says, When Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples. Have you ever tried to join up with some people and they didn't want nothing to do with you? Like, you're trying. Like, come on. Like, and some of you, that's the reason why you're like, you know what? I, I don't even want to really try. Because last time I tried to get connected to some people, they turned around and they hurt me. Last time I tried to get connected to some people, they made fun of me. Last time I tried to join up with some people, it, it never really worked out. And so I, I might as well just be content with being by myself. That's, that's where the Apostle Paul's at. He's trying to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. Verse 27, but Barnabas, somebody say, but Barnabas. Sounds like a rap name, doesn't it? But Barnabas, but Barnabas, check this out, took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that how he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So he was with them at Jerusalem coming in and going out and he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Hellenists, but they attempted to kill him. So think about this. 
Verse 27, key verse, but Barnabas. When nobody else wanted anything to do with, with Paul, when nobody else really wanted to connect with him, when everybody else was a little unsure about him, he had a person that said, you know what? I'm going to stand in the gap for him. You know what? I'm going to get connected to him, and I'm going to stick my neck out for him, and I'm going to speak up for him, and I'm going to get him connected to a group of people that can change his life. And what we see, what do we know about the Apostle Paul? The day that he got connected with Barnabas, Barnabas didn't connect him to the disciples, and what did he start doing? He started going out and preaching in the name of Jesus Christ. What he couldn't do before he got connected, he was able to do once he got connected. I'm telling you right now, you may be one person away, one friend away from having the entire trajectory of your life completely changed. And what my prayer has been is I've been praying this week, I've been praying this month that God would send that Barnabas into your life to unlock the destiny, to unlock the potential and catapult you in to your destiny. Listen, the course of history was changed because of a but Barnabas. We need that type of person in our lives. And let me just say this. Can I just say this? You need to be that kind of friend in someone else's life. That when nobody else will connect to them and everybody else is talking about them and everybody else is gossiping about him and nobody else wants to really get connected to them, I'm going to be the one, I'm going to be the Barnabas that stands up and defends them and sticks my neck out for them and love them and get them connected to a group of people. That can change their life. This one relationship changed the course of Paul's destiny. And what God did for Paul, he can do for all. He can do for you. He can do for me. He can do for us. The question is, do you really want to accomplish anything great for God? That's the question. If you don't want to do anything great for God, keep coasting. Keep staying connected to the wrong people. Keep spending most of your time with people that don't even know Jesus, don't even care about Jesus. Keep on just going to the same places you've always been going. But if you're tired of living the same old, same old status quo, mediocre life, and not changing the world, and not making a difference, I want to encourage you to press in and get connected to some people that are living the mission, that are following Jesus, that are chasing after Christ and will help you do the same. You've got to get connected to the right people. I can remember in my life, about three years ago, I had some new people come into my life. They really challenged me to dream bigger. You need those people in your life that will challenge you to dream bigger. Amen? That pray bigger prayers. People that will come into your life and just say, hey, there's more in you than what you're living. And I'm not going to stop pushing you and praying for you and challenging you until I see what's in you come out of you. you got to have those people in your life. I'm telling you, there wouldn't be a city-like church. There wouldn't be a multi-site church. There wouldn't be a mosaic recovery center if God hadn't sent those people into my life to push me forward into my destiny. Are you with me today? You may be one friend away. Now, what I want to do for the rest of our time, I want to, I want to very quickly, I'm going, to, I'm going to go through this pretty fast today. I want to show us three different types of friends, three different types of relationships that everyone needs if we're going to become all that God has called us to become. If we're going to go to the next level, because I bet as we navigate through these three different relationships, these three different types of friends, I would almost guess if not all of them are missing in your life, at least one of them are missing in your life. And you might have that one friend that kind of encapsulates all of these at the same time, and that is absolutely amazing. But you need these three things in your life if you're ever going to fulfill your purpose, if you're ever going to become all that God has called you to become. And so what we're going to do, we're going to look at King David from the Old Testament, we've looked at him a lot in this series. And we're going to look at the three different friends that he had that really pushed him forward into his destiny. We're going to see that these three different friends 
came into his life at three different seasons and really helped him follow God and do what God had called him to do. The first friend we're going to look at is Samuel. We're going to look at Samuel, we're going to look at Jonathan, and we're going to look at Nathan. But we're going to start with Samuel. Samuel was the type of person that made David better. So number one, this is what we need. You ready? We all need friends that will make us better. Every single one of us. We need friends. How many of you, how many of you are, don't raise your hand. How many of you got some friends that are making your life worse right now? Not making it better, making it a living hell. Come on, somebody. So some of you, you know, I'm connected to the wrong people. You need some people in your life that are going to better your life. You need some people in your life that are going to better you spiritually. Let me give you a little bit of context. Um, God had just rejected Saul as king. Now, this is a different Saul. It's not the Apostle Paul who used to be Saul. This is a different Saul than the Saul of the New Testament. This is Saul in the Old Testament. He was an Old Testament king, and God rejected Saul. And because he had turned away from God, God took his anointing off of his life. Think about this. God took his hand off of his life, and he sent the prophet of the day to go and anoint the next king, right? And so Samuel, the prophet, he goes, and, and God sends him to the house of Jesse, and he sends him there, and he says, go to the house of Jesse. That's where you're going to find the next king of Israel. I want you to go there, and I want you to uh, anoint the next king of Israel. And so he gets there. You probably know the story. He gets there, and he started with the oldest son, the best-looking son, the, uh, the warrior son, the one that was like a man of valor. And he goes to him, and he thinks, surely this is No, that's not it. God says, that's not the one I want you to anoint. He goes through all the different sons. I think there were seven different sons. He goes through all the different sons, and he feels like he's just like, God, come on. God, what are you doing? God, have you sent me to Jesse's house or not? Are you, are, is there a son for me to anoint as the next king? And, and God spoke to Samuel and said, Samuel, your problem is, is that you look at people the way people look at people. Your problem is, Samuel... The reason why you're frustrated right now is because you see people the way people see people, but God doesn't see people the way people see people. God sees your hearts. He doesn't look at the outward appearance. He doesn't look on what's going on on the outside. He doesn't care about how good looking you are. He doesn't care about your social media platform. He doesn't care about the, the zeros in your bank account. He wants to know, does he have your hearts? Does he have this? And all the other sons had all the other boxes. They were checking them all off. They had all the things that they wanted for the next king. But they didn't have the heart that David had. And so David, a little shepherd boy, an afterthought of his father, he comes up. He says, that's the one that I want because I don't look at the appearances. I look at what's on the inside. And, and this is what's so amazing about this. Samuel was able to see something in David that his own father couldn't see in David. Samuel, because he was using God's vision, was able to see something in David that nobody else was able to see in David. And I came to tell you today, you need a friend in your life that can look at you and see what nobody else sees. You need somebody in your life that can see the potential in you. You need somebody in your life that can see what God could do if you ever surrendered your life to him. You know what we need to do? We need to quit looking at people based on their appearances only. We need to start seeing people the way God sees people. You start seeing people the way God sees people, I promise you, you'll stop being such a jerk. L listen to what you'll stop doing. 
You'll stop making fun of people. You'll stop gossiping about people. If you'll start seeing people the way God sees people. And not look at for where they are, but look at who they could become. Isn't that what Jesus did with Peter? Ain't nobody would have wanted Peter on their church staff. Are you kidding me? He's out there cussing and doing all kinds of crazy things and wanting to fight people and cutting people's ears off. That's not the one you want on your lead team, church. But Jesus didn't see Peter for where he was. He saw him for who he would become once he got a hold of his life. Don't ever count anybody out. Don't count anybody out. You you never know what God could do if he put his hand on somebody. How far he could take them. So you need need some friends in your life that are going to make you better. They're going to pull the potential out of you. They're going to pull the purpose out of you. See something in somebody that nobody else can see. Let me ask you a question. Do you have anybody in your life that's making you look more like Jesus right now? Is there somebody in your life that's pushing you spiritually? Is there somebody in your life that's making you better? Is there someone in your life that is somewhere you have yet to arrive to. Someone who can help you when you're struggling financially and not just throw some dollars at it, but help you get your finances in order. Is there somebody in your life that can look at your marriage and say, your marriage is erect, and listen, I'm going to speak into it, and I'm going to make your marriage better because my marriage went through hell and God restored my marriage. Let me show you how he restored mine and so you can have the faith to believe that he can restore yours too. Somebody that's making... Look, look, listen... Somebody that is speaking the right things into your life. Hold on a sec, Pastor. Well, I want them to always agree with me. My best friends are the ones that always agree with me. No, those are not your best friends. They are more concerned with how you perceive them than they are concerned with your spiritual growth. Let me just help you out. If your marriage is in trouble... Don't go and get advice from the one that's been married eight times. Are y'all with me today? They'll always agree with you, right? Come on, somebody. If you're struggling financially, don't go to the one that's had bankruptcy five times. Are y'all with me today? And don't go to someone that's going to agree with your preference. But go to somebody that's going to speak the truth of God's word into your life. That's what you need. That's what you need. You need somebody that's making you better. Someone who can speak into your life. Someone who can challenge you spiritually and lead you to become a better follower of Christ. God wants you to have a friend that makes you better. Don't always hang out with people that always agree agree with you either. Don't always hang out with people, watch this, that are impressed with you. Hang out with some people that you you just don't impress them. We're not impressed at all. Those are the people that will take you to the next level. Is this helping anybody today? The people that you keep running from because every time you get around them, they challenge you are the very people that you need to be running to because they love you more than they, you actually think they do. They care for you. They want what's best for you. Anybody need some friends that, hey, I'm going to make you better? I'm going to make you better? I got one. That's great. Thank you, brother. Thank you. But at the same time, let me ask you this. Are you making anybody better? Are you making anybody better? You know what the greatest thing you could do with your life is say, you know what? I'm going to commit my life to adding value to other people. That once I came into their life and I pointed them to Jesus, guess what? Their marriage got better. 
I, once, once, once I got in their life, listen, their finances got better. Once I got in their life and was able to point them in the right direction, they became a better leader. When I got involved in their life, they started looking more like Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want to add value to people. Add value to people. Don't hurt people. Add value to people. Pour into people. Proverbs 27, 17, it says, iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. We need a friend that makes us better. Thank God that David had a Samuel that was able to see him as a shepherd boy. Hey, you're, you're, you're tending sheep right now, but once God gets a hold of you, you're going to be leading a nation. You're leading sheep right now, but, but I can see something in you that nobody else can see. All they can see is that you're a little shepherd boy leading a bunch of sheep. But what I see in you is a man who is going to be the greatest king that Israel has ever seen. You need somebody that can see that in you. That can see the king in you while you're out in the sheep field tending sheep. You need a friend that's going to make you better. Number two, if you're ready for number two, shout amen at me. Amen. Jonathan was a friend of David. And this is what Jonathan did. Jonathan helped David find spiritual strength. He helped David find spiritual strength. Everybody needs a friend that's going to help you find spiritual strength. Because you're going to go through something in your life that's bigger than you. And you're going to go through something in your life that's stronger than you. And you're going to need somebody that's going to pray for you and help you dig into the presence of God and find spiritual strength. I love what the Bible says in, in 1 Samuel 23, 15. It says, while David was at Haresh. Think about this. David is on the run. He's running for his life. He's been anointed to be the next king. God's hand is all over him. He's defeated Goliath. And he's just this mighty warrior now. And the whole nation of Israel is talking about how awesome David is. And Saul is still king. They're talking about how David is killing all these thousands of people and Saul's just killing these little thousands of people and they're singing songs about it and they're celebrating David. And so Saul got jealous of David and he sought out to kill David. So David is actually running from Saul, running for his life. And, and watch what happens in 1 Samuel 23. It says, while David was at Heresh in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. Shows you how severe the struggle is in his life and the trial he's going through. And Saul's son, Jonathan, watch this, went to David at Horesh and helped him find strength in God. Thank God for the Jonathans in our lives. Amen. They help us find strength in God. Listen, every single person in this room, you need somebody that when you're going through a hard time, they're going to help you find strength in the presence of God. No matter how spiritually mature you are, no matter how strong you are, no matter how wonderful you are and how much faith you have, you need some people in your life that are going to point you to the power of heaven and show you how to lift your eyes to the hills because they know that your help comes from the Lord. You need those people in your life. As you're thinking about this, you might be thinking, you know, oh, man, I don't have that in my life. I don't have anybody really that I can turn to. Listen, my question for you is how hard are you looking for that friend? You know, people will come to our church, and, you know, and I hear it all the time, and, 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 and we try to do so much to try to, to, to deal with the things that we hear to make it better, to make it more available so people can find community. But if you don't have community and you're going to City Light Church, it's not our fault. It's your fault. If you're having a hard time finding community, we push it, we talk about it, we preach it, 
We send links out. We send text messages out. We've got hard copies out in the lobby. If you don't find community in these next few weeks, it's nothing that we could have done differently to help you find community. There's over 11 different groups for you to choose from. Just find one. I guarantee you, you start going to one of those groups, you're going to find a friend that's going to give you spiritual strength. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. Don't wait until your life is turned upside down to start looking for a Jonathan. Because that's what we do. That's what we do, isn't it? Like, you know, things are going pretty good in our lives. We really don't need that friend that's going to help us find spiritual strength. I'm pretty spiritually fit right now, and I'm, I'm doing pretty good on my own, and everything's kind of lining up in my life. And then it's like then everything, just all hell begins to break loose, and my life is turned upside down. But then I don't have anybody to lean on because in the good times, I wasn't using that time to get connected to the right people. And so now that the bottom has fallen out of my life, I don't have anybody that I can lean on. Don't wait until a trial comes to start trying to find these. Find them right now. Come on, somebody. Because no matter how perfect your life is, no matter how good it's going, you're going to go through a storm, church. Come on. You're going to go through something that's bigger than you, stronger than you, more powerful than you, and you're going to need some people that you can lean on. I, I, love, I love seeing it. I love seeing the power of this. I've seen it in my own life. There was a time in my life where Kayla and I, we were in ministry and we were pastoring and and we went through such major loss in our lives. We went through such a heartbreaking and, and sorrowful time. But we had had some people that we had gotten intertwined with and some people that we had gotten connected with. And how many of you know the more people you're locking arms with, the better chance you have of standing up when the wind and the storms comes against your life. If you're interlocked, if you're intertwined, and the thing about it is, is, is you couldn't knock our tree down. And here's the reason why trees are so strong. And here's the reason why a lot of storms can't even knock a tree down. is because they get intertwined in their root system with other root systems and other trees. And they get interlocked with each other. And so no matter how strong the wind is, no matter how fierce it is, a lot of trees, you can't knock them down. Why? Because they're connected to other trees. So when the storm comes, listen, my question is, are you intertwined? Have, have, you, have you found some connections? I would not be standing today if it weren't for the people, the sons and daughters of God that we got connected to that helped us withstand the storms of this life. You've got to have some people that are going to help you find some spiritual strength. Number three as I close. I told you I'd be done quick. Well, we're not done yet. We're on the third one. You know. Let's not get too excited, okay, amen? So, so everybody, listen, every single person needs a Samuel. Somebody's going to make you better. Somebody's going to push you to the limit. Somebody's going to lift you up. We all need a Jonathan that's going to help us find that spiritual strength when life is hurting and life is hard. But number three, you also need a friend who is always willing to tell you the truth. That's a Nathan. Some of you are like, I don't want that friend. Come on, somebody. Can we just be honest? Like, nobody really likes to be told the truth when you're wanting to believe in a lie. Nobody really wants to hear the truth when it's going to challenge me and shift me to change something that's dysfunctional in my life. But you need somebody that loves you enough that's willing to tell you the truth when nobody else will tell you the truth. You want to know why so many leaders are collapsing today in the body of Christ? It's because they didn't have a Nathan or they had a Nathan, but they didn't listen to him. God help us. 
to listen to the people that got the courage and the fortitude to get the courage to tell us what we needed to hear, not what we wanted to hear. And God, give us the courage and the fortitude to heed to it and repent of the sin and move forward in our lives so we don't destroy everything that's attached to us. Every single person, you've got to have a Nathan. It may not be Sister Sally at the, at the hair salon that's on our 10th marriage. That's giving you marital advice. You need a prophet like Nathaniel that will speak the truth of the word of God into your life. What do we know about David? We look at David's life. We know that he sinned. He was a man after God's own heart. But he also blew it big, didn't he, church? He messed up big time. Like he messed up. He he had an affair. He committed adultery with Bathsheba. And to cover up the affair, to... The web of lies trying to cover up what he did. He has her husband Uriah put on the front lines of battle. Basically powerless, defenseless. And has him killed. Adultery, premeditated murder. Making you feel real good about yourself right now, right? Come on somebody. He thought you were messed up. David, listen, he, he was messed up. He messed up big. He blew it big. And he didn't even realize how big he had blown it. He didn't even realize the consequences of his sin. That yes, even though he would repent and he would be restored back to God, he would have lifelong consequences because of his actions. You need to know this today. There's mercy in this house. There's grace in this house for what you've done. There's forgiveness in this house for things that we've done where we've blown it big. But that doesn't take away the consequences consequences are already rolled into motion can't be stopped so david he goes on about his life keeps having this adulterous relationship keeps just moving forward she's got they got a kid on the way all this stuff's going on and he's just going about his everyday life some scholars believe that there were even a few years that went by he's not repented of the sin he's not asked for forgiveness of the sin he's not been restored back to god and so god sends a man named Nathaniel, to tell him the truth, to tell him not what he wanted to hear, but what he needed to hear. And it, listen to what it did. David listened to it, and it set David free, y'all. Set David free. How much do we have to hate a person that we know is destroying their life? And because we don't want to upset them, we keep letting them destroy their life. When we could go and be bold and in love share the truth. Hey, I see something in your life that's killing you. Hey, I see something in your life. Yes, there's a lot worse things. But this thing, you've been minimizing it. And it's the thing that's been holding you back your whole life. And I know nobody's ever told you about it. And they just said, oh, that's how so-and-so is. Have you ever heard that? Oh, that's just their personality. Have you ever heard that before? Ah, oh, they're... they're that they're set in their ways. Now, you ever heard that before? We're not, we're not gonna, we're not gonna rock the boat. It's, it, it, they'll always be that way. I don't think that Jesus left heaven, 
came down to this earth, lived a sinless life, was beaten beyond recognition, was nailed to a cross where they spit at him and mocked him so we could keep living how we always lived, so we could keep being the same jerk we've always been. No, Jesus died and shed his blood to change that defect and set you free from that mess so you can finally start glorifying God and become all that he's called you to become. Well, that's how so-and-so is. You don't have to be like so-and-so anymore. God can change you. I need somebody to tell you the truth. So Nathaniel comes to David. Watch, watch what happens here. Could you imagine this? He's been dealing with this for years. 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. We'll be done in just a moment. The Lord sent Nathan to David. The Lord sent him. When he came to him, he said, there were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. This is, what, this is what Nathan's telling David. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ooh lamb he had bought. He raised it, grew up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup. Some of y'all dog lovers, y'all be doing this. Some of y'all be doing it with your cats too. I love you. I love you. Even slept in his arms. Everybody say, oh, that's cute. It was like a daughter to him. Now a tra traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you. And your master's wives into your arms. I give you all Israel and Judah. I give you so much. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what was evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Wow. Nathan loved David enough to tell him the truth. And here's what's great about this. It actually led to David's repentance. Psalm 51, it's the repentance. It's, the, it's this repentant prayer of David where he's repenting of all that he had did. And God restores to him the joy of his salvation. And God forgives him. It's one of my favorite passages of Scripture. And it literally set David free from his sin and changed the course of his destiny. You may be one friend away from having the entire trajectory of your life forever changed. You need these types of relationships. If you, if you look at your life and you have one missing or one of these missing or several of these missing, listen, you need to get connected. You need to get to connected to some people that say, hey, I see how you're treating your spouse. And if you keep living that way, you're going to have, you're going to, it's going to end in divorce. So someone that will challenge you when you're wrapped up in that addiction. Hey, you keep doing, it's going to kill you. So someone that will challenge you and, and really push you 
when you need to step out on faith and believe God for something big and something great to be able to, to really challenge and push. Tell each other the truth. Hey, start leaning in to the truth. Amen? Somebody comes to you and says, hey, I see. Listen, instead of like, I'm leaving that church. That pastor told, I don't, he told me, I don't like to be told the truth. That's not even the truth. You're arguing and you're just mad at everybody. I'm leaving that church and I'll go to another church and I'll go to another church where a preacher will tell me what I want to hear, not what I need to hear. And you'll stay stuck in the same miserable place you've been stuck your whole life. I wonder how many of you say, you know what? I'm going to lean into that truth. As much as it might hurt, it's going to sting a little bit. But hey, I'm so radically committed to getting better and going to the next level. I'm going to lean in to hear the truth even when it rubs me the wrong way. Because I want to get better. I want to grow. I want to be challenged. I want to be pushed. Husbands, wives, hold each other accountable. Anybody feel like your spouse is the Holy Spirit? Come on, somebody. Kayla, she don't even let the Holy Spirit work. Amen. She, she's right there. She's not in this service, so I can say this kind of thing, you know. Sometimes I'll say, well, thank you, Holy Spirit, you know. Because I'll do something and she'll, what are you doing right now? Like, I didn't represent Christ. Huh. You're right. You're right. You got me. And guess what? I can speak into her life, and, and we don't go a week without talking to each other. We can challenge each other, push each other. Nobody knows you better than your spouse. Your greatest accountability partner should be your spouse. Push each other, challenge each other. But don't stop there. Get somebody else in your life that you can tell everything to so they can hold you accountable so you can become all that God has called you to. Do you have those friends? Do you have some of these friends? If not, you may be one friend away from having your entire destiny change. We want to encourage you. As a church, we want to give you a platform to find these types of friends. We've got some amazing group leaders that have been trained to be these types of friends for you and pour into you and love you and challenge you and inspire you. You're going to find some connections. Listen, you take the jump. Yes, I don't know nobody. It's going to be weird. That's the beauty of it. It's the beauty of it. Get to know some new people. Get, get connected to some new people. Challenge each other. Push each other. Love each other. Lift each other up. We've got, we've got so many groups launching across two campuses. Find your group. Find your people. And start fulfilling your purpose. Some of you right now. You want God to lead you in the right place in your life, but you're connected to the wrong people. I'm not saying like, oh, I'm just friends with Jesus followers. No, because you, you need to reach out to some people so you can point them to Christ. Let's not forget the mission. But if you're spending more time with them than you are people that love Jesus and are following Jesus, they're going to drag you down. Some of you, you just need to not, not just cut out the relationships, but you need to redefine some relationships. Redefine them, set some boundaries, limit the time that you're around them and expose to them. It's just to pour into them and point them to Christ. But I need some people that are going to pour into me. Amen. You need to get those people in your life that will pour into you. Some of you, you've got some wrong relationships and you're expecting God to take you to the right place. You need to redefine them. 
this is big. This is huge. This is, this is life-changing. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. For some of you, your future has drug addiction in it because you're connected to the wrong people right now. Some of you, you've got divorce in your future because you're connected to the wrong people. Some of you, you've got jail in your future because you're connected. Some of you, you've got a grave for your future because you're connected to the wrong. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. If you want to go to where God is taking you, get connected to the right people. Sign up for a group today. Just take the jump. Take the leap. I'm pushing you today. I'm pushing you today. I promise you it will change your life. Find your group. Find your people. Start fulfilling your purpose. Go out and change the world. Why? Because we're better together. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks for those of you that give generously to City Light Church. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. If you'd like to begin partnering with us financially, you can click the link to give now in the description, or you can go to citylightchurch.cc forward slash give. And if God is using this podcast in your life, you can subscribe today. You can click the share button and help us get the word out to the world. Thank you for listening and God bless.